one of the most difficult quotes that I know of from a Marianist text. It says, the quality of our presence is more important than our work. And since I started with the Nassau Street Lay Marianist community and then the Mission to Mary Cooperative, which that became all the way through what I'm doing now with MLCNA, that one line haunts me because by disposition, I'm about quality work and effective work. And I have to say to myself, now how have I been present to people through this? Welcome to Sharing Our Marianist Stories. I'm Patty Garrett. And I'm Gabby Bebo. This is an exciting interview, Gabby, that you did with Rob Broderick. He's the new National Director of the Marianist Lake Communities of North America. So what was your feeling at the end of this interview? I had known Rob. I think the first time I met Rob was when I was a student at the University of Dayton. And he had already graduated, but he was still around Dayton um, as part of the Nassau Lay Marianist community, which he talks about in this interview. It was a live-in residential community of Lay Marianists in the inner city in Dayton, which eventually developed into Mission of Mary Cooperative, which is still ongoing. So um, he did that for a while, and then he went away to Boston to get his PhD, and then he came back and got this job working with the Marianists, which was really exciting. He's certainly a very intellectual person, and he he sees a lot of things in the Marianist family from a, a very intellectual kind of big picture lens. So I, I appreciated his insights. After listening to the interview, it reinforced to me the importance of the presence. He talks a lot about presence, but the presence of lay people in the Marianist family. We do a lot of interviews with people for our sharing our Marianist stories. And so often the people that influence lay people or vowed religious to pursue participating in the Marianist family is a vowed religious person that they watched and admired and wanted to be like. And Rob talks about uh, Brother Tom Peeper as one person that influenced him. And so I enjoyed listening to Rob, knowing that he, he does lean in an intellectual way. Uh, he also talks about he's a doer, like if there's a problem, he wants to solve it. And I think all places need people like that. If you have too many just heart people and not enough doers, you do a lot of talking or feeling and not get anything done. But I, so he talked about how he is so thoughtful and he, he leans one way, but he watches and has learned from other Marianist leaders and is in combining those things. So I really appreciate what he shared about learning and watching and observing and understanding that he's in a role now where he's going to be watched and observed. And he takes it very seriously. He's the first national director of MLCNA, isn't he, Gabby? Yeah, he is. It's a new position. And he talks a little bit about what that entails. Um, 
he's only been doing that for maybe four or five months, I think. Um, so some of what he's working on is keeping in good communication with lay Marianists in North America, helping develop formation programs, um, that kind of thing. So something else that I thought about that I think is interesting and probably some of our listeners can maybe relate to is how he talked about becoming a lay Marianist and how he didn't like from the get-go hear about the Marianists and think, ooh, I want to do that. I want to be a lay Marianist. It was more like the people he was surrounded by, you know, some vowed religious, some Marianist lay people, that it rubbed off on him and he found himself just sort of drawn into it and living it out. And it it seems like it just eventually became part of him when he talks about being like, yeah, I am a lay Marianist. It, it was from that place of really feeling drawn into it and grabbed by the charism rather than him seeking it out. And I thought that was interesting and probably others can relate to that as well. I agree. And again, it, it made me think a lot of times people talk about being Marianist by kind of osmosis, but I think it's important to claim it and name it because then it's like you see the responsibility of how you are, what your presence is, and that you are representing the Marianist family, lay Marianist. And I could see that he took that really seriously. So, yeah, I, I think you're going to really enjoy this interview. And you pulled out, you had some great questions, Gabby, I think, that brought some really good insight. Yes, thank you. It was a good conversation, and we're really happy to share it with you. So we hope you enjoy listening. Here's Rob. I'm Rob Roderick. I'm the National Director for the Marianist Light Community of North America, or MLCNA. And in that capacity, I'm in charge of all of the uh, day-to-day operations on behalf of the Leadership Council to help run the business of the lay branch in the United States and Canada. I went to the University of Dayton for my undergraduate studies, and I knew the Marianists before then, but I would say you sometimes know things in different registers. So I was aware of the Marianists. We had uh, um, one of the um, rotating priests at my parish growing up was a Marianist. Um, But more importantly, my godfather's a Marianist brother, uh, Brother Gary Marcinowski, who's uh, a Marianist artist here in, in Dayton that a lot of people know, and uh, he's a woodworker. So one of I think the very first encounter I had with any understanding of the Marianists came from uh, Gary when we got, our family got a package in the mail one day. My mom had me open it up because I was a kid and real excited about it. And I took out a figurine. It's, it's essentially um, a wooden carved torso of pregnant Mary. And it's really great. And as an adult, I really appreciate it. As a small child, I didn't know what it was at all. And my mom explained to me that that was Mary and she was pregnant. And I said, how would you know that that's Mary? Right? I just, I had no, 
And so she explained to me, of course, that that's, that's from, you know, Brother Gary, and he's a Marianist brother. And one of the things that they're into is Mary. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so that wasn't something that really, um, you know, I don't know what I, age I was at that time, but it didn't really register yet. So it wasn't until um, the University of Dayton where I started encountering the Marianists uh, more on a personal level, and it would be through um, interacting, especially with a lot of uh, the, the brothers there that was really influential to me. I don't think I engaged the Marianists, if I can say, as Marianists, that I was showing up saying, boy, I'd like to learn more about that Marianist thing that you do. Um, and definitely the direction wasn't from me to the Marianist charism. The Marianist charism came and got Rob. It wasn't the other way around. Um, and that happened in a number of ways, one of which I was a Shamanat scholar. There's the Shamanat Scholars Program, which in my day was a four-year program. And it was very much focused on vocation. So it wasn't, that's, it wasn't a Marianist-related program, though a lot of people in that program, of course, were very uh, influenced by the Marianist charism and spirituality, were um, pursuing that through some, some other community formation opportunities. Uh, as we got older in our junior and senior year, some folks were interested in that. I think another influence for me really was the UDSAP program. So UDSAP is the University of Dayton Summer Appalachian Program, and it takes um, UD students down into uh, McGoffin County, Sawyersville, uh, Kentucky. And there's a house down there. We live together uh, in community. There's a lot of formation that happens prior to all of that. And then um, it's essentially a summer of service program, which is not a quote-unquote official Marianist program, maybe. It's a University of Dayton program. It's a campus ministry program. But it uh, had Brother Tom Peeper. And so, therefore, was a Marianist program, whether or not everybody knew it at the time. And I learned so much from watching BT operate, how he was there and he was present and he was with the community. That struck me as a different way of leading. He wouldn't lead even, I would say, mentoring, guiding animating that community. And it struck me in many ways because it was very different than how I would have gone about it at that point in time. Uh, I think BT's way was better, to be very clear, um, but it was very different than, than anything that I would have known about how to do that. So I was kind of taking mental notes going, that's distinctive. He had a method that I did not understand. He had a way of being that I did not understand. And I've noticed that in a lot of Marianists, vowed, lay, and so on, um, and it's really a bit inspiring to a lot of the work that I'm doing right now, which is trying to figure out how do we do formation for lay people that allows us to function that way, right? So that we don't just know about the charism, we don't just believe in it, you know, in the sense that that's something that we think is good, but something that we are, something that we embody. Um, 
because I watch folks like that who are just masters of this. And it's a craft almost when you watch them operate in that kind of way. They, they, they build communities like my godfather, Gary, might build a table or an altar. So in some ways, I would say that was really uh, a formative encounter. So I came back from that, um, had a number of other engagements you know, with, with the brothers, just kind of picking um, some things up from them there, and then slowly becoming introduced to that there were lay Mariness. Although then, again, on a personal level, I didn't really start feeling like I was a lay Marianist until after uh, my undergrad experience at UD. I had started a, an intentional Christian faith community and started putting that together with a small group of five individuals while at UD. And we were all there for different reasons, I think, joining the, this community. I was interested in this community. I was very interested in the Catholic worker movement. I was interested in the new monastics uh, at this time, folks like Shane Claiborne and and those kind of houses. And I was interested in community life and intentional faith communities as an active form of nonviolent resistance. That that was really interesting uh, to me at that time, and that's the way in which I was thinking about what I was up to at that time. Well, some other folks in the community uh, were very interested in what to me was that Marianist thing from UD. And I said, well, that's great. No problem with that. Um, It's not really me, Rob. Um, I'm not a lay Marianist, but I appreciate that they are. Well, um, through lots of conversations, we had lots of conversations about this community because it was a residential community. We moved into a house together. So before doing that, we, we had a lot of talk about what that was going to be like. And we got around to deciding, well, it could be a Marianist community. So we became the Nassau Street Lay Marianist community. And uh, I said, that's great. So we can have a Marianist community and not everyone there has to be a lay Marianist was, was the, the idea. And that really stayed with that community. We had a number of people join uh, and, and move through that community in, in every capacity from we, we were a house of hospitality. We had some persons experiencing homelessness, you know, live with us. We had um, people kind of coming, a lot of which were some in some ways related to the University of Dayton, you know, uh, had graduated or whatnot. Um, that we knew through that, and some of them were lay Marianist, and, and or some of them were Marianist inclined, and some folks knew that they were not, you know, lay Marianist, but they were interested in our community and what we were doing, so that was okay. So I was in that part of it for some point, and I don't know what day I became a lay Marianist. There wasn't a day, and someone had told me it was a joke, but it was one of those jokes that's like half true maybe a little more than half true, maybe all the way true, you can tell me. But for me, it was true. They had said, I had asked, when do you become a lay Marianist? How do you know that you're a lay Marianist? And they told me, well, you're usually at some sort of event. Maybe it's a mass, maybe it's another event. And they ask all the vowed and lay Marianists to stand up and you look around the room and you realize you're standing up. And that's how I became a lay Marianist. I was in that kind of crowd at some point. You know, they said, well, who's lay Marianist? And I said, well, I, I am. You know, and I've been in this community for this number of years. Um, 
but there wasn't a day in which I became a lay marriage. But it was through that community that it became intentional and it, be, and it was through learning more about the charism, trying to appreciate that charism for the sake of our community, but then also uh, personally learning more about this, the spirituality, the virtues and, and those kind of elements. So at this point in your life, how would you say you live out the Marianist charism? Like in your daily life or as part of your work with MLCNA, how do you live out the charism? I think one of the most difficult quotes that I know of from a Marianist text um, is from Father Quentin Hackenworth's uh, manual of, is that the Manual of Marianist Spirituality? And it says, the quality of our presence is more important than our work. And since I started with the Nassau Street Lay Marianist community and then the Mission Mary Cooperative, which that became all the way through what I'm doing now with MLCNA, that one line haunts me in a good way, sometimes in a way that I know is good, but am hating at the moment because by disposition, I'm about quality work and effective work. So how do I get things to be as effective as possible, as efficient as possible? These are things that I kind of have by uh, nature. That's how I function. And so I'm thinking always, how can I build out whatever we're, we're doing right now? You know, we started at Nassau Street with saying, okay, we, we've got these um, guys that are living out back. They're experiencing homelessness. How are we going to work with them? Well, we've got this land that we're trying to convert and, and restore and kind of now do an urban farming thing on. How do we do that? Same thing with MLCNA now. Okay, we're trying to build out things like formation and mission-related activities and so on. I want to take each of these things by nature and say, how do I do that efficiently and as effective with, with the most impact? You know, I'm kind of thinking, I'm, the, I'm that guy that's thinking about, well, if I had to go to a funder with an impact statement, what would it look like and what are the percentages that I would put on those kind of things? That's how my brain works. That's how I work. And then the quality of our presence is more important than our work comes out of nowhere and haunts me and I have to say to myself well great now how have I been present to people through this am I too much trying to just get in there and find um, you know the most efficient way to to do that the best way to do whatever the action item is you know so I'm just focused on that and have I built that relationship with somebody else. What does that look like? And I think right now that's a big challenge for me with MLCNA because I now have just shy of 60 communities that I say, well, I need quality presence with. And I have about a thousand people uh, that are all lay Marianists that I would like to have quality presence with. And I need to also do really quality programming and put together some real supports that are also able to function in real time, you know, and, and do all the things that, 
you know you need to do to build an institution and institutional capacity. So there it is haunting me again. Well, the quality of our presence and how am I going to do that? And I've been really trying to focus lately on thinking about that, but also on what it means to really hear people. I need to hear really clearly them, what they're saying, who they are, what they're trying to get done uh, in the world, whether they communicate that directly to me saying, Rob, I would like to see this thing happen, or just talking about themselves and something that they're interested in. I need to be present uh, to that. And that's at least a merriness thing that I can do and a way that I can try to make the quality of my presence more important than my work on any given day. So that's how I've been trying to live that out lately is through through real intentional listening. You talked before about Brother Tom Pieper and the way that he accompanied you and the rest of your cohort at the UD Summer Appalachian Program. And then the importance of presence and the Marianist charism and the way that you've seen other vowed and lay Marianists um, have that same sort of gift to them and the way that they accompany people. What is it about the Marianist charism that cultivates that, do you think? Like, is there an aspect of the charism that you could point to and say, oh, okay, this is why they're like that, or this is where that comes from? Could you say a little bit about that? First, I would say, I think, if I'm thinking in terms of the pillars, okay, so we talk about faith or faith of the heart. One of the things about that is that I think of faith and I believe that the Marianist spirituality, whether we name it this way or not, thinks about faith as a journey, as something that people have already intuitively. We don't show up saying, you O faithless one, must come into the fold in the true way. That said, there is still a journey, right? Um, We can always grow deeper. We can always have a formation that is ongoing. So that's more gradual, right? That's a journey. It's not one day I did not have faith, and then the next day I did have faith. But I feel that the Marianists Um, The Marianist charism, the Marianist spirituality really has that growth-oriented process, that that journey process. So that's one element that I see there. So so I think that that's, I'm thinking about that in terms of under that pillar of faith, but also we get that aspect from Mary in many ways, right? That was pointed out to me. Mary, of course, has a very maternal and parental way of thinking about formation. You don't form a child overnight. They're growing, they're developing, they're becoming a human person in the way that that is never done, right? When are we done becoming a full human person? Never, right? That's that's the thing. We're always becoming and becoming again. And nobody knows that like a good parent. You know, you watch your child grow up uh, and parents have all sorts of different ways of working with this, but definitely... Mary's way of handling this is a long-run operation, right? And to be there from birth, right, to an eventual cross, uh, in her case, that's a long journey and and beyond a cross, really, 
right, too. So, so you have that constant presence um, with somebody, and I think that that's where we get uh, a little bit of it. So I would stick with those two points. Thank you again for listening. To listen to more of our podcasts or learn more about the North American Center for Marianist Studies, check out our website at www.nacms.org. If you would like more information about the Marianistly community of North America and all of the activities and news that they have as coordinators of Marianistly people in North America, you can go to their website at mlcna.org. Thank you so much for listening.